problem? You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite. And I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And in just a couple of moments, we will be joined by my guest, Peter Shankman. We are so looking forward to this. Um, and he'll be calling it up. I see he is calling in right now. So hi, Peter. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on. Oh, you know, this is fabulous. And the cool thing is you and I are actually in the same time zone. You know, the, the station is based in Denver and I've had uh, guests from all over the world. So it's, it's fun when, when, you know, you and I are in the same time zone. But of course, you are just a little north of me up in New York City. So, um, you know, but it's great to have you. So let me go ahead and tell the few people who might not know who you are a little bit about you. I love the bio because you are one of the most experienced, one of the, the nicest people in the world, mm-hmm. and you sent me one of the shortest bios. You know, I've had people send me bios that are two pages long, mm-hmm. but your bio says exactly what it should say. So it starts with Peter Shankman is a dad and a husband. Perfect. Okay. He's also an entrepreneur and an angel investor. He's a world traveler by design and by necessity. He's an Ironman triathlete a NASA advisor, a Dell entrepreneur in residence, a board member, advisory board member, TEDx speaker, and cat father, I'm a cat mother, who blames ADHD for most of his success. Peter is best known for founding Help a Reporter Out, or HARO, the social media website that redefined how journalism and PR works by connecting millions of sources with hundreds of thousands of journalists around the world each day for free. Haro was acquired by Vocus in 2012. Peter recently launched Shankman Honig, a new consultancy design firm that helps reinvent customer service. So, Peter, again, welcome and thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. My pleasure. Great to be here. Great. Well, you know, let's start off with the fact that you were one of the earliest social media adopters. Why did you decide that social media was going to be a great place to be? You know, it's, it, it, it's interesting. <clears throat> I was one of the earliest adopters. I was one of those people who believed, and I cheered from the rooftops. You know, I danced around in the, in the rain naked about social media. It was the, <laughs> you know, it's going to change the world. It's going to make everything. And it did in a lot of ways. But, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm seeing the same thing happen in social media that happened in the dot-com day. Remember when everyone added dot-com their domain, yeah, right. their company mm-hmm. name, and all of a sudden they, they, had a, they had a website, and they did but, you know, it didn't change the fact that the majority of those companies out there, their customer service still sucked, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and the, some, some of their products were still horrible. So you have this same thing that we're seeing today where people are running around and, and they're calling themselves social media experts and they're, they're p- positioning themselves on Twitter. And, you know, what we're seeing, though, you know, they're making the mistake of saying, oh, well, we don't need to have a customer service strategy. We'll just apologize on Twitter if someone has a problem. And I'm sitting there, I'm shaking my head going, yeah, that's oh, not a customer service no. strategy. No. You know, and, and that's really why you've started your new company and, and have written your new book. It's all about customer service. And, you know, talk to us about why businesses seem to have the erroneous assumption that it's easy to get new customers and, you know, we really don't care about the old customers. It's true, you know, and what amazes me about that is, you know, it costs something like uh, one tenth to keep the customers you have versus trying mm-hmm. to get a new one. You know, so you see all these, all these CEOs who come in and all these people come in and say, "Oh, you know, we have a new director of marketing. He's going to work on getting us new customers." And they're going, "You know, you have a stable of customers right now. Why would you ignore them?" Right. Um, yet, yet companies just don't seem to get it. Well, and I think you know we look at companies like oh, say a Walmart or a Starbucks or whatever, and and assume that because there's all these people coming in their doors, those are new people. And in fact, they're not. They're people who, for whatever reason, are loyal to that brand. Maybe it's price, maybe it's service, maybe it's simply that they're the closest place to go to. But they never forget that they need to keep those customers that have been so loyal to them over the years. Yep. And it's very true. And, you know, that's why what drives me crazy is those those you know, those 
quick contest you see on Twitter, you know, we're coming up on a thousand followers. Our thousand follower gets a prize. That's a giant, um, basically, F you. You right. know, to the, to the original 999 yeah. followers you have. Yeah. They're not focused on the customers you have. Right. They'll yeah. get you the customers you want. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing that that as you said drives me nuts. With um, cable TV is a great example. You know, for every new person who subscribes, you get blah 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 blah. And if you're an old subscriber, too bad you don't get those new things. No, no question about it. You know, it it always drives me insane. I look at I look at that happening over and over and over, and people just don't get it. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, again, focus on the company you have. Um, and that'll bring you. That'll bring you who you want. The company, the customers you have, will bring you the uh, the, the customers you want every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and of course, the cool thing about keeping your current customers happy and tying in this whole world of social media is the fact that you want your current customers to be bragging to their people on social media about what a great company it is. You know, whether you've got a mm-hmm. good product or service, you know, it's word of mouth on steroids. And unfortunately, what we see so many examples of, and, and I have to admit, you know, it's kind of like watching the train wreck. We see people posting bad examples and then companies don't get the fact that they need to fix those. They just ignore them. You know, they hope they're going to yeah. go away. No question about it. You know, and I, I, I've talked about this in the past. You know, they, they you have uh, customers for a reason, both bad and good. And and you know, the simple act of listening, mm-hmm. you know, could just could just do so much for your organization. The more you listen, you know, listen to the customers. They're the ones out there talking about what's going on. Listen to them. They'll tell you whether you're doing great or doing poorly. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the companies that ignore it are, you know, they're, they're so, they're doing themselves so much of a disservice. And that's one of the things, though, that when I talk with businesses, they tell me, they say, well, what if somebody says something bad about us on Facebook? And I tell them, you know, I got news for you. If you're doing something bad, they're already saying it. So well, don't you want to be part of that how great you are. Right. Regardless of how great you are, how terrible you are, there are, the conversation already exists out there. The best you could do is figure out what they're saying, listen to it, correct it from there, and then get involved in the conversation saying, hey, you know what? We took your advice and we're changing. The best, loyal, most loyal customers you can ever have are ones who believe that you have heard the complaints they've had and you have fixed the problem. Yep. You know, and one of the best things you can say to somebody is, we're sorry. You know, we're sorry no you question. had bad service. You know, come back. Let you know what? I go, I go a step further. I go a step further. The best thing you could say is we're sorry you had bad service. Here's how we're making it up to you, right. and here's how we're mm-hmm. fixing the problem so it doesn't mm-hmm. happen again. Right. You know, and, and you it's know, funny when, because... when, I, when, I, when, when an airline loses a bag of mine, them telling you, oh, we're sorry you had that experience doesn't do anything for me. Right. Tell me you're sorry I had the experience, but you found my bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and if you can't find my bag, give me the money to go buy the suit for my, my you know, appearance the exactly, next day. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's funny. It's like, you know, if you walk into a restaurant, you know, you're sitting there and, and somebody dumps, you know, the, the waitress dumps cold water on you. If she says, uh, you know, and walks off, then you're really annoyed. <laughs> if she says, oh, I'm sorry, and walks off, you're still pretty annoyed. But if she says, oh, you know, send us the cleaning bill, you know, we're going to comp your, your meal, you know, all of those things. And it, does it cost the business? Sure. But it costs them far more in the long run if they don't try to fix it. No doubt. No doubt. So you've Very written true. this great book called Nice Companies Finish First, Why Cutthroat Management is Over and Collaboration is In. And it really does deal a lot with providing great customer service and great internal service. So why did you decide to write this book? I, I watched, you know, when I started Helper Reporter and then eventually sold, I watched uh, my my my. Loyal, my loyal customers, the people who were using the site every day, they were just so happy for me, and they really felt like they were a part of the success of Help Reporter. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that you know that was because every email I sent out came from my email address, and people could right. easily reply to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and they felt they felt empowered. They felt empowered to do that. So I, I started doing some research, and I realized that companies that really take care of their customers, who actually focus on their customers first, <clears throat> are actually generating upwards of you know anywhere from ten to forty percent higher revenue than companies that don't. And that, that blew my mind. That mm-hmm. blew my mind, you know, to find out. Um, and uh, uh, it is crazy that we see these these um, uh, uh, com- companies who, who, you know, don't bother putting the customer first, and yet 
so the research I did showed that the customer, the companies that did have the customers first made tremendous revenue. So I really wanted to showcase that. And, and so we mm-hmm. have tons of examples in the book. And it's, it's really coming true. You know, you're seeing it. The simple act of being nicer is really right. creating that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's being nice to your customers, your potential customers, and internally also, which I loved. You know, uh, the, the book has so many traits that bad managers have and that good managers have and, and good supervisors and CEOs because we've all worked with those managers who treated us poorly but somehow expected that we would still work 60 hours a week. Yep. No question about it. You know, we're seeing that a lot. Uh, employees don't have the 40-year uh, stay period anymore. They can mm-hmm. go wherever they want and do whatever they want. They can start their own right. thing. So you really want to keep your employees, start by being nice to them. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, especially when your employee can easily tweet about it, post on social media, do whatever, you know, even if they're just telling their friends when they, they go out for drinks, you know, and and that comes back to the thing with it's easy to keep, you know, it's better to keep your current customers. It's obviously easier to keep your employees happy than to keep having this turnover of hiring new, hiring new, hiring new, because you simply don't care about your employees. Well, that's, and that's the thing. Again, you know, where the company I started, Shankman Honing, is designed right now to to get people to realize that, you know, you don't have to um, keep turning over your employees. If you could figure out what makes them happy, they're going to stick around and give you better work. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of walk through. You've got nine traits in your book. Let's walk through these briefly and kind of tell people a little bit about them. So the first one is that a, a good leader of a company needs to have enlightened self-interest. Now, this is not you know the world revolves around them, but what is it? Enlightened self-interest is very simple. If it's good for the company... Mm-hmm. If it's good for me, basically everything has to come together. If it's good for me, if it's good for the company, everything needs to be together. So things that are good for me are good for the company. Things that are good for the company are good for me. Essentially, mm-hmm. you want to have a leader who understands that well, when one person succeeds, everyone succeeds. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's where, especially if you're the owner of the company or a manager, you know, somebody that, that you know, lets power go to their head. They, they do think it, if it makes, you know, it's, it's better for me and they forget that it, it ties into really is it best for the business? Um, you know, and, and that's where I see companies go wrong is they get the, the, the leaders get too self-centered and they do think, well, I'm making more money. I'm earning more accolades. Therefore, it must be the best thing. Right. And you know, what kills me about that is that, is that the more you power your employees, the more you empower your employees to to want to succeed, and the more you share the rewards with them, the better everyone is going to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. what people really need to understand. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the concept of enlightened self-interest. So the next trait you talk about is the accessibility factor. What goes into that? I always, in every company I've ever started, my door is always open. Uh, when mm-hmm. I even have a door, most of the time I'm just sitting in a, in a cubicle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, my my cell phone is on every piece of paper. Anyone can get me. I always take the first meeting for any new potential client or anyone who wants to meet me and just talk. Accessibility is key, especially in this global age where it's very easy to find a CEO who will be accessible if the one you're going after is not. So just mm-hmm. be available. That doesn't mean give up all your free time. I'm currently struggling right. with that. You know, I always take the first meeting on the flip side. I'm starting a new company and I need people, I need to be, I need to get my head down and work mm-hmm. from time to time. So, you know, you have to find that time. For me, I do my best work on my own uh, at four in the morning. I get up ridiculously mm-hmm. early. And so for me, I get all that work done at four in the morning so that I can sit and talk with um, new business or companies or anyone who wants to meet me whenever they want. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, I think that's, yeah, that, that's where so many leaders get caught up. You know, they, they live up in their little ivory tower and for a variety of reasons, they don't go out and about. And, and I don't care if this means they go out and about or they're reading social media posts. You know, and part of it is they're busy, but they also, I think in many cases are scared of what they might see or hear. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I worked at a company one time where the CEO was trying to get out there more, but he never had. And so then when he appeared on the floor, everybody wanted to crawl under their desk because they thought, oh, somebody's in trouble. Please don't let it be me. Yeah, no question. You know, and, and you mentioned something that I think is, is key is the fact that you answer your own, your own emails. You know, how many times have we sent an email to, you know, even just a manager and you know it doesn't get to him because there's the gatekeeper that it's had to go through? I've always answered my emails. I'm a belief that if you can't answer your emails, how can I possibly trust you with my business? Right. 
you know, and, and it's simple anymore. You know, by the time we all have these phones that, you know, our email can come into, you can sit down and hammer out 520 emails in just a couple minutes when you're early for an appointment or, you know, waiting in line at Starbucks or, or all those various things. It's very, it's very true. I do probably 50% of my work that way. I carry mm-hmm. uh, my iPad, my laptop. I have a MacBook Air. That thing's lighter than air. <laughs> you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's no reason not to be able to answer mm-hmm. things right on the fly. Right, right. You know, now let's talk about uh, trait number three: strategic listening. What does that mean? Strategic listening means listening to the bad as well as the good. You know, you, you have there are a lot of CEOs out there who are only wanting your good news. You right. know, when they delegate the bad news, tell me what's going on. Tell me the bad news, tell me the good news. Make sure that I'm aware of everyone. You know, I mm-hmm. want to know what's going, what, what's good, what's bad, so I can fix the problem, mm-hmm. you know, before it becomes a bigger problem. That's right. Key. You and, and that does take training the people who report to you because we all think, oh, I can't tell the boss bad news or he's going to fire me. Um, you gave yeah. a, a great example in the book of the, the young man who was called in because he made a $10 million error and he figured he was going to be fired and it, he was actually praised for it. I mean, yeah. you know, not that they lost $10 million, but. <laughs> right. Right. But no, it, the concept is the boss said, hey, now you have, I just spent $10 million educating you. I'm going to keep you and you're damn well not going to make it the thing again. Now you're a better employee for it. Right, right. You know, and, and that does come back to the accessibility factor too. You know, if I've got bad news, I need to know that I can go to whoever it is to, to let them know what it is. But I also want to be able to go in and say, hey, my team did great, or I've got this great idea for a product. You know, it, it's, it, it really is about listening to all of those things. The ability to listen is just one of the most underrated things in the world. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy. You know, you have all these people who just, and that's what kills me. You know, we have so many ways to listen now, and no one freaking does it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like you have, you just go on Twitter and search, for God's sake. Take mm-hmm. five minutes out of your day and search what people are saying about your company. Don't right. wait for uh, an underling to bring it into you. Look yourself. Well, and because the problem is, especially if it's something bad, by the time you find it, it may not even be fixable because it's gone so far down that path that you're in serious trouble. I remember being in a situation where I had a, I was pissed off at Continental Airlines. Mm-hmm. I sent an email to the CEO and three hours later, the CEO of the second largest airline in the world at the time called me back personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. my God, if, if I wasn't a loyalist then, I certainly am now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, even if whatever it was he couldn't fix, the fact that he took the time to let you know he cared was, was you know, huge. No question about it. Right. Now, trait four is actually one of my favorites because this was, excuse me, how I was raised. And I really try to tell everyone, you know, this is something that they need to do. And that's good stewardship. Tell us what good stewardship is and why, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a company the size of Walmart or, you know, the little mom and pop bakery shop or, you know, one person company, why good stewardship is so important. Good stewardship is basically, it says that we're running this company to make money, of course, because we don't want to be happy and make money and live, then have a good life. But we're also doing it in a way that we care about, uh, our employees, we care about our people. We're not doing it strictly for the money. We're doing it to set a good example. I always look at it along the lines of I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And everything I do, I want her to know that I'm doing it for the right reasons. Right. That's, that's really the best, the best answer. Doing, mm-hmm. Good stewardship is doing things for the right, morally right, ethically right, and business right reasons mm-hmm. altogether. Well, and, you know, it does entail talking to your customers, talking to your employees. Um, when I worked for ING, the, the big financial company, this was, you know, their, their policies have changed since I was there. But one of the things we did was we asked our employees, what did they care about in the community? You know, and, and because we could guess or we could just decide this was what we wanted, but we wanted to know what they cared about. And, you know, and, and then when possible, that was where we did our philanthropic efforts. You know, it mm-hmm. was, it was something, you know, it, because we wanted them involved. We wanted them proud of us. And I loved the CEO at that point who, you know, people had said, oh, you're, you're wasting time, energy, you know, all of that on working with kids in schools or Habitat for Humanity and, and all those things. And the CEO said, those people are either potential, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. They could be potential employees, potential customers, or even just tell us about us. So we never want to overlook anyone. 
And, you know, he really got the fact that stewardship was, was a great tool for businesses. There's no question about it. Stewardship is huge. I mean, the ability to, to just, again, like I said, make sure that you're leading the company in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there are ways, obviously, to tie it into your business. You know, I love the, the story in your book about the pizza company called Spin in Kansas City that, you know, with that, that name, working with bicycles and, you know, doing bicycle uh, rides and things like that kind of automatically ties in. But then they work this deal to, you know, get bikes to underprivileged kids. So tell us a little bit more about that story, because I love that story in the book. Okay. I think the concept behind Spin is very simple. They're a company that opened three pizza places. They mm-hmm. they realized that they um, could do more good if they did more good, essentially is how to put it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they became very focused on doing uh, outreach, community outreach, things like that. They created a, a mailing list for bike rides. Uh, they they empowered their customers and their employers, uh, employees, to mm-hmm. do good things. And so they mm-hmm. have this massive bike ride now, and they have this, you know, people go to this place, A, because the pizza is great, but also because they feel like they're doing something good. And right. I think that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all want to feel like we're doing something good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, there were some selfish reasons to it because they mentioned the fact that, you know, people got the, the bike shirts and it had their branding on it. So, you know, here they, they had all these little something. people out there doing advertising for them. Here's the thing, you know, if you're entirely altruistic or you're entirely business focused, both mm-hmm. of those things are too much off the spectrum. If right. you have a nice middle ground, no one's, no one's gonna, no one's gonna tell, um, tell you that you shouldn't be a little bit Rupert Murdoch mixed in with your mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. That right. gives you the best of both possible worlds and allows you to continue doing both those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of my favorite authors is Bob Burke, who talks about the go-giver mentality and the fact that we should always provide extra value and, and things like that. But what I love about him is he also says there's a line. You don't get taken advantage of. You know, you, you don't give too much because you still have to function as a business. And I think that's very well, that's true. Thing. A, lot of, a lot of people are afraid to be nice because they're afraid that if they're nice, they're going to be taken advantage of and seen as weak. I am the exact mm-hmm. opposite. You, you know, you can be nice does not equate to weakness. And, and God forbid you confuse the two. It'll be, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to me, confusing nice and weakness, nice for weakness is probably the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that's where businesses really get afraid of, you know, being a great steward. You know, they, they think, well, you know, then everybody's going to ask for our help. And, you know, well, then that's when you develop guidelines. You know, you have people submit requests for proposals and, you know, all of these various things. And, and so, yeah, you have that line, but you're still able to help the community out. Yep. You know, and, and, and of course, then what happens is, you know, you, you help the community out and, you know, everybody posts about it on social media. They're tweeting about it. They're, you know, posting Vine videos. And, and you know, and the, the other good thing about uh, good stewardship is if something goes wrong, you know, there's a, a crisis at the company, whatever it is, your good stewardship helps with that, that past good stewardship. You know, if, if you've had a good reputation in the past, people are much more likely to, forgive you and move on than if they've only thought of you as the Enron company of the world. Agreed completely. You know, the nice thing about screwing up is when you have a good audience behind you, they don't mm-hmm. care so much. They're, they're yeah. more than willing to continue to support you. Right. You know, and, and it's funny, I uh, was preparing for a presentation and I was looking at various posts online that were, you know, the, the social media epic fails. And what I tell people is, you know, if you, if, if there's a, a fail and the, the business does nothing and has a bad reputation, then everybody else piles on to that fail. But the second you mm-hmm. try and make it right, then all of your supporters come out. It's just kind of one of those funny things. It's kind of like when we were in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So, it's so now, true. you know, and the thing, about, the thing about screwing up is if you're a bad person to begin with, you will have, you will have haters come out of the woodwork to like the which you have never seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, and, if you're but, doing good, you're going to have supporters come out. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that's what is so important about, you know, keeping out in front of all of this, whether it's listening or, you know, being the good steward. It's building up kind of that, that good currency just in case something goes wrong. 
No question about I agree. And the nice thing is hopefully you don't need it. You know, if, if you're functioning well, then, then you don't. But you know, things happen. You can be the best company in the world and, you know, somebody falls down on the sidewalk and breaks their leg, you know, and, and, you know, but, but yeah, you, it's, it's all about kind of tying all these things together. So that does lead to the next trait that you write about and that's 360 loyalty. What specifically does that mean? 360 loyalty is actually very simple. It's, it's so funny. Everything in this book is very simple, yet, yet people just don't, you know, you have to, you have to shove it down their throats with a, with mm-hmm. a plunger for them to understand it. 360 loyalty basically just means you want to be loyal not only to the people, uh, who are in your inner circle, you want to be loyal to everyone and let them be loyal to you. It's one thing to mm-hmm. have employees loyal to the CEO and, you know, willing to take a bullet, but you damn well better be willing to take a bullet for your employees. You know, right. the, the, the greatest, uh, military uh, generals in the world are the ones who are first on the field in battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and hopefully they're, they're not lost, but it, it's it's awfully hard to not follow somebody like that. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? Even if they are lost, it's okay. Everyone screws up right. wrong. You're not going to have a problem with that. Well, and if you've built things well, whether it's a company or military or whatever, you've got really good lieutenants right behind you who can step in and take over. Yep. Definitely. You know, and I. I think that's probably one of the biggest problems that, that CEOs and, and, you know, senior management has is they like to think they're irreplaceable. You know, and I'm sorry, none of us are. I mean, you know, we're, we're all replaceable. You know, what, maybe it means the company goes under, but, you know, it it is something that, you know, and, and that's why they don't get out and talk to people. They, they, you know, they hoard the information, you know, all of those things because they don't want to be replaced. And, you know, of course the opposite is true. If, if they're, they're open and sharing, that does make them more irreplaceable because they're such a good leader. People don't want to lose them. Mm -hmm. Now what's trait number six, the glass half full point of view. Yeah, the, and glass half full is basically saying that you know what you're you're a um, you're a CEO, right? Who is trying to convince your employees, the stockholders, the shareholders, whatever that everything's okay, but you need to do that in a smart way. You know, mm-hmm. the person who's saying everything is great as the ship is sinking and everyone else sees it sinking is not the CEO you right. want to work with. Right? You Can't be Pollyanna. Exactly. So tell me, you know, so. I'd rather see a CEO who says, you know what, things aren't great, but here's how we're going to make them great again. Mm-hmm. As opposed to um, things are fine when they're not. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a problem, tell me there's a problem, but also give me a, tell me how we're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it was. It really is something that that every employee should learn too. Is the fact that you know, if there is a problem, if you have a suggestion for a solution, wow, that's that's even better. You know, don't just come to me and yep. say, "Hey, this is wrong." Say, "Here's you know, here's I tell maybe my employees that all the time. I tell my employees that all the time. Mm-hmm. Come to me with a problem without any solutions. I'm going to be pissed off. Come to right. me with a problem and say, "Here's how I think we're going to fix it. I'll give you. I'll give you a raise." Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's not, if it if it doesn't work, the fact that they took the time to think about it, that does need to be rewarded. Yep, no question about it. Great. So now what is customer service centric? You know, if we kind of talked a little bit about that and, and this we really want to get into is the, is how to be customer service centric. <clears throat> the concept of customer service centric is very simple without the customer of a business. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society now where everything is posted online within three seconds of it happening, good or bad. You don't have to create great customer service every single time. You just have to be one level above crap. Right. We expect to be treated like crap on a regular basis by a company. Be one level above that, you'll create loyal customers. Mm-hmm. Go five levels above that, and you'll create customer loyalists. Loyalists, you know, regular loyal customers come back. Loyalists drag 15 of their friends at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, the, the, the whole loyal customer thing is, is so true. You know, tell the story that, that you frequently tell, and, and, you know, I've heard it several times, but we may have listeners who haven't, about when you were flying in and you really wanted a steak from your favorite steak place? You know, that's a great story, but, and I, okay, I'll tell it. Basically, <laughs> I, I jokingly, I jokingly sent a tweet that said, hey, Morton Steakhouse, why don't you meet me in Newark Airport when I land in two hours in the Porterhouse because I'm hungry. Ha, ha, ha. The same way you tweet, hey, Winter, please stop snowing. Totally right. a joke. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect anything, yet Morton showed up at the airport with the Porterhouse. It was hysterical. Mm-hmm. They wound up on the front, uh, they went up on the stage show. It was tremendous press. The steak was great. But here's the key. 
everyone says, oh, well, it's a funny story, but that's not scalable. You're right. It's not scalable. Your job is not to show up at airports with steaks if you make a right. great steak. Your mm-hmm. job is to create great customer service at the steak place. So mm-hmm. when I call for, when anyone calls that steakhouse, anyone calls Morton's for a reservation, the first thing they get is a person saying, okay, great, we have your reservation. Are you celebrating anything? Well, yes, mm-hmm. my birth, my wife's birthday. What's her name? Her name is Kira. Great, we'll see you at 7 on Saturday. You show up at 7 on Saturday, there's a, a, a menu that says happy birthday Kira on it. Mm-hmm. That right there is great customer service. What are right. you going to do? You take a picture of that and send it out to everyone. They don't mm-hmm. need to be in the business of delivering steaks to airport because they're already creating amazing customer service. Right. That's not to say we shouldn't strive for doing those great things every once in a while, but that's not their job. Well, and of course, Morton's wasn't stupid. They knew that you had, you know, so many followers that, you know, if they pleased you, it would be great kind of free publicity for them. But it, it, it is exactly what you say. It's, it's, you know, how do they treat every person every day? And it really is, you know, one of the things that, that you talk about in the book is the fact that, you know, if you want to see really how somebody is, see how they treat the wait staff. And, you know, I, yeah. I think about that all the time about, you know, I'll stop a sentence that I'm saying to somebody to say thank you to somebody who poured water for me. You know, if it means no I lose my train of thought, well, you know, I lose my train of thought. But, you know, I don't ever want that wait person to feel snubbed. And, you know, does it happen on occasion? Sure. You know, we, we do get caught up in things. But, you know, they're humans, too. <laughs> and I think sometimes we tend to overlook them because it's their job. Well, no, you yeah. know, treat them nice and and that's going to be wonderful. No question, Matt. And it's it's no funny question. how businesses forget that. You know, you you mentioned your birthday and it, it reminded me of a story where, you know, we had a reservation to go for uh, someone's birthday and we showed up and they have a very unusual last name. You know, not one that is is going to be duplicated, you know, too often. And and you know, we get there and we said we're we're here for, you know, this party. And you know that the uh uh, Maitre D was about 12 years old and she, you know, looked at us and, and said, your party's been seated. And we said, no, we're standing here. <laughs> and she said, no, your party's been seated. Long story yeah. short, they had seated the wrong party, gave them our cake <laughs> and oh my refused God. to even apologize. You know, Crazy. unfortunately there was a scene on both sides and, you know, and it, it did cause problems, but it's, it's a restaurant I will never go back to and I will tell everybody I can not to ever go to it. You know, and, and all they yep. could have done was said, Oh, good golly, we've messed up, you know, and, and they could have made it right. Yeah. Great. Well, Agreed. we are at Agreed. the, it's very simple. Yeah, we're at the bottom of the hour already. Um, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, there's two more traits from your book that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to talk about just social media in general, because you've written this great book called Customer Service, New Rules for a Social Media World and how businesses really need to learn how to use social media for customer service. So when we come back, we'll okay. talk. Great. All right. For being a friend, travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Nothing says I love you more than milehighradio.com. Hi, Chris here from Havana Gluten Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or worse when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. Yumbanashop.com. 
Hey, Mile High listeners. This is Tara Lee, the Denver Nutritionista. I want to tell you about Ignite Max. It's an all-natural product that helps manage appetite, increases metabolism so you can burn more calories, and it's clinically proven to help reduce body fat. It's literally the only fat burner I've ever taken that gives me sustained energy throughout the day with no crash. Literally, no crash. It helps keep my energy up for my long days and helps get my butt to the gym for my workouts. Ignite Max burns up to 278 calories per dose. That's almost 8,000 calories in one month. Y'all know me. I'm all about natural, but Ignite Max only contains green tea extract. It contains natural ingredients found in seaweed, raspberry ketones, black pepper extract, and ginseng extract. It's all natural. I won't put anything in my body that isn't, so you know that this is a really great product. Just take two tablets per day, one with breakfast and one with lunch. And for an even greater effect, take one right before your workout. Whew, you're going to have one heck of a workout. Take it for 90 days. Give it a shot. Really let your body get used to it and adjust it and see the, and feel the difference in your energy. 90 days to make a difference in your life. To order Ignite Max, call 888-700-DIET or go to gogetfin.com. That's 888-700-DIET or gogetfin.com to order Ignite Max today. Great shows, great music, milehighradio.com. What are you listening to? And we are back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I work with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today is Peter Shankman. And, you know, we're having such a great time talking about social media, of course, but more importantly, customer service and Peter's book, Nice Companies Finish First, Why Cutthroat Management is Over and Collaboration is In. And before we get back into talking about the the last traits that a good manager or CEO should have, Peter, tell us how people can connect with you and find out about the, the new company you've started. Sure. Well, the new company is called Shankman Honig. It's Shankman, H-O-N-I-G dot com. And Shankman Honig is designed basically to improve customer services for businesses with, you know, one, one employee all the way to a million, with the concept being that we don't really, the companies don't really understand how best to utilize the customer service and best to utilize the, com- the customers they have to get the customers you want. And mm-hmm. this comes from years of, of, you know, training on both my side as as an entrepreneur and as a marketing person who's worked with these companies, as well as my partner, Rachel Honig, who has 25 years in the PR and marketing agency side of things and mm-hmm. has seen, you know, has seen companies skyrocket to million dollars worth of new business simply by one good customer service story. So we're doing a lot of that. Website is shankmanhonig.com. And mm-hmm. as always, I can be reached here at shankman.com anytime. Great. You know, and, and I follow you on Facebook. And what I love on Facebook is the thing that you do that many public figures, many CEOs, people like that are afraid to do, and that's to give personal information. You know, now obviously you're not giving personal information as in your address or things like that, but you gush about your absolutely gorgeous little daughter who's five months old. <laughs> you know, yesterday you were in a marathon, so you were posting pictures about that. And and I think that's where people tend to slip up as they think, I, I shouldn't share things like that. And there's certainly ways to do it where people realize that, you know, they're, they're, you're a person just like the rest of us. Yep. No question about it. You know, you have to be human. Mm-hmm. You have to be human. Human is what people buy, you know, and even business to business. Business to business, everyone says, oh, you know, business isn't consumer. I've never seen a business buy stuff, but people in that company buy stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to be accessible. You want people to know who you are, what you do. You know, there's nothing wrong with being able to show that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's all about being authentic to yourself. And, you know, there's there's a filter. You know, you, you have to be careful to not go too far. But at the same point, if you're passionate about something, you need to, to you know, not be afraid to show that. No question. And also, say, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to share. You know, you, you share everything. No, I don't. You know, no. it was funny. Up until, the, up until the point where I got married, when people would say, oh, you share everything, I'd say, okay, I have a question for you. You know, am I straight or gay? Mm-hmm. And they had no idea. <laughs> because I never talked about right. was I dating anyone, was I involved with anyone. Of course, now people know I'm married and they know mm-hmm. I'm straight. But, you know, it was that concept that actually I share just as much as I want to share. Mm-hmm. You just think right. it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> And and I think that's where some people get mixed up is they, they either overshare or they share so little that then we don't think they're, you know, they're posting as themselves, you know, somebody else who's doing it or, or whatever. Yeah. 
agree Great. completely. And you know that the other problem is that if, if it's not you, you're going to get found out. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. We've all seen that happen. Um, so let's get back to talking about the other two traits in your book that lead to being a good leader. Um, and trait number eight is merit-based competitor. What does that mean? You know, the concept of merit-based is what's the good that can come out of this? You know, I've seen so many companies who just let's pitch, let's pitch, let's pitch, let's get this client, let's get this client. But, you know, you really want to focus – the content of merit-based competitor, what's the best, the best way to phrase it, I guess? Because, you know, you see this all the time. People go, oh, we need to do this one thing and it's going to be great. You know, you need to constantly be looking at the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, what is – What's going on? Where are the changes coming from? And can I make sure that my, my customers and my clients have new reasons to continue to come back to us despite whatever is going on in the industry? So, mm-hmm. you know, we are functioning not just because we make widgets, but we make widgets and we produce the best return policy, best customer policy, best whatever mm-hmm. within those widgets. So, you know, there might right. be 12 new places to get widgets, but they're going to keep coming back to us. Mm-hmm. That, that comes back to the Bob Berg principle of providing that extra value. You know, you can provide the widget, but it's how you go above and beyond with that widget without, again, being taken advantage of that's that's so important. Yep. Now, no you know, trait number nine is one of those that I think many business owners struggle with because of, you know, a variety of reasons, and that's giving a damn. You know, they, they think they need to, to always have that boss persona. You know, they can't ever show anybody that they care about them. And, you know, to me, it's just the opposite. I want to know that, you know, now I'm my own boss, but, you know, I want to know that my boss cares and has my back. And, you know, if, if I've got something going on, I want them to, to be, I want to be able to talk to them about it. Yep. Yep. No question. You know, having a boss who's willing to, 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 to listen to anyone, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've worked at companies where, you know, you can't, you can't talk to the CEO. Right. It's ridiculous. Well, you and, want to be you able know, to talk to the CEO every, you know, and I'm not saying that the CEO needs to deal with every problem, but if the guy someone has an idea and they see the guy in the elevator, why the hell wouldn't you talk to him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be you, you turn on the waterworks and, you know, you gush at them and they know every single detail. But, you know, if there's something that they need to know, you need to be able to, to tell them about it. Agreed. You know, and, and all of your traits tie together, you know, all nine of these traits, because you can't be loyal without being customer service centered and, you know, all of these things. So it's, it's a great book and I hope that, that people will go out and, and just rush to buy it because it really does have terrific information. Thank you. You know, I, I think that I tried really hard, you know, and that's the key. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't, I think that, that, that again, you know, it's funny, you see all these companies who bring in these experts and do this and do that. None of this is rocket science. Right. Yeah. You know, as, yeah, as I was reading it, I was going, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. That, you know, and, but then I was also thinking, oh, I know bad examples or, you know, why didn't that make sense to that person? So, you know, it, well, it we is actually, something it's funny. That, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I think it's something that everybody should read, whether you're a manager or not, because you are a manager. You know, you're a manager of your family. You're, you know, a manager yep. of a volunteer group, whatever. You know, and, and you might aspire to be the CEO of a company. So it's just, you know, and, and basically it's teaching you to be a nice person. What's well, funny? We have a um, we have a place on Shank Mahoney's website, shankmahoney.com, dot com, where mm-hmm. we ask people to share their customer service story, either good or bad. Mm-hmm. So we, right. we want you know, we want your input on that. We want to, mm-hmm. and keep in mind if it's bad, we'll reach out to the company on your behalf and take action. Maybe we should help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and but I think that the trick is making sure that that people you know, and, and you mentioned it, that they share good stories too, because we all jump to say bad things. But we forget that people also need to know those good things. And, you know, maybe it was just that, that you know, you, you got a little extra thing on your, your coffee that day. You know, that made your day. Maybe you were having a bad day and the fact that, you know, somebody smiled at you. Sometimes that makes a major difference. No question. No question. Great. Great. Well, now let's talk about social media specifically because, you know, we, we really did, you know, we mentioned it at the start that you were an early adopter, you know, you love social media and it's, it's something that has been around now for, you know, in, in various forms for quite a long time, you know, whether it was instant messaging or, you know, all these various things. 
So, you know, and, and I love this. I found this on your LinkedIn profile, so I just have to ask this. In 2011, you wrote a tweet that was voted as one of the top 10 tweets of the year. What the heck did you write? <laughs> I wrote very simply, hey, Mortons, I'm going to be landing in two hours. What do you mean by the porterhouse? <laughs> And it's ridiculous. You know, that tweet was voted by ABC News as one of the top ten tweets of the year, along with the tweet announcing that Osama bin Laden was dead. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of an odd, you know, odd competition to be in and have those two there. Just crazy. Just but, crazy. You know, it, it what it's showing though is something very short and simple is can be so powerful. Um, you yeah. know, and and that I think is where people are afraid, where they're alarmed, where they hesitate to use social media to promote their business. So what tips do you have for, say, a business owner, and I don't care what size the company is, as to why they really need to use and embrace social media? You know, the key is embrace it in the way that it works for your company and for your clients. You know, if all your customers are on Facebook and all you're doing is tweeting, then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Focus on the way your customers are using it. Ask right. your customers how they're using it and go from there. Mm-hmm. That's the number one way. You know, find out where your customers are. Find out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Find out how they're using it, where they like to hang out. Start from there. Right. You know, and, and that sounds so simple, but I think where people get caught up is is they they don't ask. You know, they assume, oh, everybody's on Facebook. Therefore, I must have a Facebook business page. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. Um, you know, you know and, and, and it's, I look at it along the lines of both my parents are on Twitter because mm-hmm. they follow one person on Twitter. They follow me. They don't tweet. <laughs> right. They never tweet. They, you know, they text message. God knows they text message. They text message way too much. But, you know, in the time that we've been on this call, they text message me three times. But they do not tweet. But mm-hmm. they're active on Facebook. They're active on Facebook. And, but, you know, they're not on LinkedIn. They're both NYU professors. Find out where your audience is. Market to them that way. Right. And, you know, don't get caught up in the, well, everybody says that I should post from 10 p.m. to midnight. You know, find out, again, when are the people you're connected with online? You know, majority of people that, that I'm connected with may not have access to social media during the day. You know, it's blocked exactly. by their employers. So, you know, just because somebody tells me 9 a.m. is the best time to post, well, that's a waste of my time. And do you want the scientific formula on to how to find out when those people are online? What times? Here's the many for the scientific formula. Mm-hmm. Ask them. <laughs> right. You know, and 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 give them permission to tell you. I mean, that's the funny thing is you can't just assume. We were talking about it at a seminar over the weekend where you know once I told people please share this post, they did. And so if you yep. say tell us what you want. They will give you that information, but they just don't yeah. volunteer it. Right. And don't, don't tell people, oh, share this info or please repost this. Create, create great stuff. They'll right. do it automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if it's, if it's good stuff that they think they need to share, they will share it. Now, you know, yep. again, that sometimes does depend on your audience. It was one of the things that we were talking about was the <clears> fact that, you know, people were saying, you know, hey, like my, go like my business page. And all they would do is click the like button in that post. They never returned. What's the point? You know, and and it was like, okay, well, you you didn't explain it well enough as to what they needed to do. But, you know, it it is about going where they are. And and that possibly means changing. You know, fads change. I was talking to to somebody who her primary audience are 16-year-old girls. Now, she's old enough to be their grandmother with, you know, with the, but she sells a great product for them. And she said, oh, I'm an expert on Instagram, you know, and, and, but she knew that, you know, being on Facebook probably wasn't going to do her too much. Now she could reach their parents, but to reach those girls, she needed to be where they were. Yep. No question about it. So, you know, how do you deal with the, you know, if you have something bad that happens, you know, we've, we've seen the blow ups where, you know, say it's a United Airlines and they lost somebody's luggage and then everybody mm-hmm. else piled on, you know, or, or all those things. If you're a business, how do you deal with that? Fix the problem immediately, you know, and you don't have to be online at three in the morning, but fix the right. problem as soon as you see it, prevent it from becoming a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's t- the apologies will come later. The first thing that people want to know is you're working on their problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get in touch with them, fix the problem immediately, mm-hmm. and then apologize. 
hey, you know what? Well, you know, we, we resolved this issue. We're sorry it happened. Here's what we're doing to prevent this from happening in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, but get on there immediately and make sure you're done with ASAP. I would also say that, you know, assuming you've built up good credibility with your audience to begin with, it won't explode as long as you're, right. long, as long as you're working the problem. You know, it's mm-hmm. only the companies that do really, really poorly that when they do have a big problem, everyone else piles on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of that comes in the fact that they, you know, we've, we've alluded to it and, and talked about it directly also. They don't listen. They just post and they post and they post and they never exactly. respond. You know, exactly. social media is two way communication. You know, and, yeah, and, and, you know, if you want, if you want, if you just want broadcast, you know, go buy radio time. Right. You know, you have a website. Websites are static. You know, if exactly. if that's all you want to do, then don't get there. And 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 that really is what I tell business owners: is if you can't take the time to have those conversations with people, then don't be there at all. You know, otherwise no, it will blow up in your face. Agreed completely. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're we're we've got about ten minutes left here, and I really want to talk about you know. What what you see for the future of social media, you know, somebody asked me that the other day. Where's Facebook going to be in 10 years? Well, who knows? But you know, what do you see coming down the pike? I think that Facebook will continue to grow. I think Facebook will become continue to be the primary platform by which we exchange information. But I also think the concept of mobile will mm-hmm. finally take hold. You know, everyone will be online from grandma to the young kids. Everyone, it won't matter so much what your device is. Your device will be mobile. It'll go do wherever you are. That's going to be your right. device. So mm-hmm. companies are going to want to focus again on finding out where their audience is and, and, and focusing on them when they get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, one of the coolest things is when, you know, somebody checks in on Foursquare and then, ooh, they get a coupon or, you know, whatever. One of the biggest fails that I ever had happen to me, I went into a, a restaurant here in, in um, Atlanta, and they had, you know, little placards, like us on Facebook and get a free dessert. Well, you know, I'm all about free dessert. So, mm-hmm. you know, but nowhere did they tell me how to find them. And so, you know, on my phone, I searched, which, you know, is, is a little bit difficult, could not find them online. So yep. then I, of course, asked the waitress, and her response was, I don't know, I don't use Facebook. So right. not only did they lose out on me, you know, getting my free dessert, which, you know, that really was very critical, but they, they uh-huh. lost out on the fact that I had a terrific meal, and I would have loved to have bragged to all of my friends about it, but I didn't know how to find them. Yep. You know, and, and it's easy, folks. You know, post the URL. I mean, that's the post thing. A it's QR not hard. Code. It's not now, hard. And, and I think that's, you know, don't assume. I mean, you know, if you're Starbucks, sure, you can assume that people will find you as Starbucks. But even at that, make it easy. You know, if it's a QR code that links right to the page, then you save those people typing with their tiny little keyboards and misspelling and then getting frustrated and, you know, going away and doing something else. Yep. So it's true. And, you know, again, we're not saying things that are so crazy. Right. You know, you consult with NASA, but folks, this is not rocket science. No, it's really not. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit, you know, speaking of that, what the heck do you do with NASA? I mean, that's just so cool. I'm, I'm one of those space yeah. geeks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a total space geek. I consult for them. I help them. I help them with their marketing. You know, it's it's hard to market a, a, a government agency, right? You know, and we're trying to explain to people that NASA is still very, very relevant and mm-hmm. very, very cool. And there's no question that it is. You know, fifty fifty bucks says the tech, uh, at least five things of technology that you're going to use today initiated from NASA. Right. Yeah, I've got you know, Velcro here. You know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, forget, and forget about forget about Velcro GPS. Right. Um, you know, if you didn't get lost today, thank NASA. You know, mm-hmm. um, wonderful things like that. The ballpoint pen that doesn't, mm-hmm. that, that can write in any direction. Thank NASA mm-hmm. for that. You know, th- there are cancer, uh, uh, um, uh, treatments now right. that were grown first on crystals in space. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because they needed to see how they would develop up there. Yep. Well, and, but that really brings out a good point is that there are so many businesses that think social media isn't for them. You know, and, and granted there are, you know, like medical that gets a little tricky with, you know, HIPAA rules and, and things like that. But, you know, every business to some degree can probably benefit from being on social media, but it takes exactly what you said before, finding out where your customers and your potential customers are. Correct. You know, and the biggest thing, research your competitors. I mean, it, it I mean, amazes no, me when people have, don't do that. If you don't have Google alerts, if you don't have Google alerts right. and all your competitors' names, my God, mm-hmm. what are you even doing in business? Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, and, and now this might have been something that, that you talked about. Uh, I'm, uh, Peter and I met at the Y'all Connect conference in Birmingham. And did you talk about Newsly, about that, that service where people can sign up? I call it Newsle. I call it Newsle. Oh, I have no idea how it is. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and it's a great tool because it ties your social media platforms into looking for news stories about them. Um, and to me, that was just, that was one of the best tips that I got the entire conference. I think that Newsle is one of those great things that people love simply because it's, um, it allows people to uh, to get in there and see exactly what's going on with their connections and then simply reach out and say hi. Right. You know, and you'd be, you'd be amazed what a simple reach out and say hi can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what it's doing is it's looking for stories in the news that your connections have appeared in. Now, you know, it does get a little yeah. confusing. One of my connections is Jerry Brown, and it's not the Jerry Brown that's the politician. So, you know, I get a lot of stuff about him. But, you know, it's, it's a great way. Say somebody won an award and they were mentioned in their, their newspaper. If you contact them with an email or you post on Facebook or do whatever and congratulate them, holy cow, you just won a convert. No question about it. No question. I do that. I do that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really, it's, it's simple. You know, you mentioned Google alerts. Those are free. You know, I, and, and now I also have Google alerts set for my own name because I want to know what's out there. So companies and, and business owners need to do that too. You know, what happens if somebody posts something good or bad? You want to see when it's out there. Yep. No question about it. No question about it. You know, and, and it's one of the things that you talk about at the, the end of your book about, you know, finding out what people are doing, pay attention, listen to them. You know, maybe they, and, and that's as simple sometimes as clicking like on a Facebook post. But yep. you know, we all think the world revolves around us. And the second we yeah. let people know that we care about them, it does so much. Maybe it doesn't mean that they're going to buy your product or service. You know, maybe that's just not what they need. But they might refer you, you know, and so it's, it's, it's great tips that you've got in here. So before we wrap it up, you know, if, uh, let's, if you had just one tip that you could tell people today about great customer service, what would it be? I think the key is really be aware of your customers and realize that the simple act of being a human being is is very very underrated, mm-hmm. and if you can be a human being to your customers, they would be, you know, more than likely five times as as, as likely to uh, to to use you. Right, you know, and sometimes that means warts and all. You know, nobody's perfect. You know, I, I like to think I am, but as I'm frequently reminded, I'm not. <laughs> and so it Correct. is about you know letting people know that that you know you're okay and it's okay to have those little little faults on occasion. Great. Well, one last time, Peter, tell people how they connect with you. Sure. The best way is uh, either shankmanhoning.com or just shankman.com. One of mm-hmm. the best things they ever did was buy shankman.com in 1995 and still own it. Um, right. Prior to that, you know, other than that, Peter at shankman.com. And, of course, I tweet at uh, twitter.com slash Peter Shankman or at Peter Shankman. And Facebook is facebook.com slash Peter Shankman. Perfect. And your books are on Amazon. Correct. You can find the book on Amazon. Just search for Nice Companies Finish First. Great, great. You know, and, and as we mentioned, it's a book that is good for anybody, you know, because it's not just about being that business leader. It's about being a good person, um, you know, yeah. and, and doing things that, that help people every day. Thank you. Yeah, I really, I have fun writing it, you know, and I, I do hope it benefits people. I really do. Great. Well, Peter, this has been a delight talking with you. I know that you are very busy. Um, you're probably recuperating a bit from the marathon yesterday. I, I love seeing the pictures online. Um, but, you know, it, it really has been a, a treat to talk with you. It's been fun. I love reading your book. Um, love, you know, reading what you're, you're posting online. And I hope other people will benefit. You know, you mentioned your websites. There's email uh, alerts or, or newsletters that you have that give tips, you know, good things for people to get. I always have people that say, what can you do for free? Well, you know, there's, there's lots of information out there that you provide and, and social media really is a good way and email is a good way for people to get that. So Peter, thank you so much. Um, and I look forward to, as I said, seeing things 
from you in the future. I want to look real quick here and see who my guest is next week so I can give them a quick plug. I believe it is another one of the people that I met at Doll Connect. You know, that's one of the reasons why it's good to go to conferences is you meet all these cool people. So my guest next week is Ike Piggott, who is uh, in Birmingham, and he's going to be talking to us about how he uses social media. He really had some fascinating stories to tell. So I look forward to that. Again, Peter, thank you so much. And everyone, get out there and enjoy this day. If you're not connected with me, it's pretty easy. Go to Deb Creer, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com, and all my social media links are there. So have a fabulous day, everyone. And Peter, again, thank you very much. My pleasure. Yep. Here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.